I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Real roller coaster ride there. That was it. That was me, Indiana Jones coming under. Has to hat. do it every yeah. time, doesn't he? Every <laughs> single time has to do it. Unbelievable. It's not my time you're wasting. Twenty Minute Tim's flagship podcast, episode three hundred and ten. I'm your host Jamie, and I'm joined by my podcast pal Melly. Yes, and Stephen. <laughs> That's right, Jamie. Oh, he's getting a wee bit. He's getting a wee. <laughs> Stephen's getting a wee bit of Hollywood. Um, if you would like to further inflate Stephen's Hollywood ego, then you can help us by supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com/slash Twenty Minute Tim's. There's a link everywhere. We've been doing Patreon now for a couple. Of, how many years have we been doing the Patreon, Stephen? Over four now, I believe. Over yeah. four years, and over a thousand people support us on Patreon. We've had great support. And if you'd like to join them and get extra content, you can do that patreon.com slash 20 minute tims you can support us from £2.50 a month you get extra podcasts match reactions previews the whole shebang you get it all over there patreon.com and there's a variety of ways you can support us at a variety of levels to whatever you're comfortable with and also if you just want to indulge in some match reactions that's match reaction podcast to every match Celtic do this season you can actually get that on Apple Podcast now they've introduced a new feature and all you need to do is double click on the side of your phone for Apple Pay you subscribe right in your iTunes feed right in your Apple Podcast feed that is £2.50 now we've got that out of the way Stephen yeah. the housework out of the way light work that was yeah. not as light as being command at 5 now though no and I noted that you, you said there were quite rightly there was there's well over a thousand people supporting us on Patreon that number of people can't possibly be wrong and Kilmarnock would kill for that level of support <laughs> oh my god in one of their stands Melee. should we begin this episode with another rant people quite liked that last week not that it's planned but it is on the agenda it's just further down the agenda but since you mentioned yes, it some liked it some yeah, liked it others not so much Melee, you were at the match and I think everyone that watched the game including yourself who was there were commenting on the state of these stands yeah it's unfortunate again being at the game and seeing the clamour for tickets before you get to the stadium the clamour as soon as you get off the amount of people holding up money people want to go and watch the football you get there Celtic have a stand I think it's about five, four or 5,000 in that stand mm. the whole stadium had less than 10,000 there mm. so half of the the actual attendance was in Celtic stand and when you look to my left there was loads of seats Straight ahead in the, the stand across. Come on, let's have a standing section. And I was trying to count. There was about four or five rows of this. Mm. 25 people in total stood <laughs> in there. It's very safe standing, isn't it? It's very safe uh, standing. It's, it kind of plays into what we were saying last week, Stephen, a wee bit. And it plays into the pre-match comments from Rory McKenzie. We were saying... You know, just play a bit of football now. We don't need to tread that old road again. We've discussed it at length now. But you kind of feel that if these teams went with a slightly more positive approach to the game, there's no conceivable way for me that Kamarnock would have ended up any worse off than 5-0. You might end up 6-0 or 7-0, but it's really in the, it's no worse. But if you played a bit of football, 
local people, local fans would be encouraged to attend the game. You know, if you brought a bit of pizzazz and gave them something to watch and fix that disaster of a plastic pitch, <laughs> it all kind of plays into it. I, uh, yeah, we made some comments, or I made some comments, um, backed up, egged on by you two last, mm. last week. They went over a storm on the various social medias um, after after we, we said them. But uh, my overall point about this was not that I think Kilmarnock can go out and beat Celtic, right? But it was that the, the, the approach is kind of wearisome, to be honest mm. now. And after we recorded that podcast... Uh, many, many people disagreed with me, which is fine, which is, you know, a lot of people are wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> after we did that, Rory McKenzie came out and said that, you know... He, he, I've got the quote here. He okay, said, yeah. we, will, we will set up to stop them playing. We'll make fouls. We'll slow it down. Then we'll try and play when we get the ball. We don't want a free-flowing spectacle. It was a, <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> God forbid. Uh, <laughs> that was a free-flowing spectacle in the end. Of. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, the, the, the proof was in the pudding, or the proof mm. of the pudding was in the eating cell. So Certainly went out and absolutely smashed them, despite the fact their literal intention was to not for not that not to happen, rather. And you know, it, it just it doesn't work. And I was merely speculating on the fact or on the idea, maybe, that teams could try and win games rather than try not to lose. That it's fine, it's been put to me. I'm I'm just one of these kind of ignorant Celtic fans mm. who think I was sitting here in my ivory tower oh, on, yeah. the, on the top of the league, uh, looking down on the Rangers and everyone else, thinking like we know it all and all that. But I'm only talking about you know games that are Celtic versus these teams. I, I concede that, right? I know that Kamarak might not set up the same way against any other team, but we have to admit here, these are the games that are more likely to be televised. They, yeah. they just are Celtic and Rangers um, separately are the are the two biggest draws. They're more likely to be on TV. And that was kind of my overall point that it's a bit crap for that to be on TV, for teams to be coming out and deliberately saying that they, their intention is to spoil the game. There's nothing wrong at all with being a counter-attacking team who realise going into a game that they are likely to concede the the bulk of the possession. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as that is your intention. Mm. Right, it can't be enough to just sit in your own box and think we're going to commit yeah. fouls here. I know. I mean, that, that's nothing. That's not a plan. If your if your plan is to soak up um, pressure and hit on the break and try and win the game, I've got absolutely no issue with that at all. But if you're coming out and saying we we don't really know what to do past committing fouls, and that's why these teams go one 0 down after six minutes and then completely capitulate. Yeah. They've not trained for anything else. That is why I, I think I seen it was nearly at the seventy percent uh, mark, but a certain. Man United had seven, nearly 70% possession at the weekend and get scalped off 4-0 off a team who have got little resources yeah. compared to mm. them. So these things can happen. And it's the same from Kilmarnock and we know it from, I think, Derek McInnes's slowly but surely taking over Mark McGee and the King job. Another yeah. cake the bed performance from him. That, and yeah, someone especially requested return of cake yeah. the bed, I heard. So you're watching it again and from... Watching the game, we were quite we were at the second back row in the stand, so it was good from an analytical point of view to see what. Uh, oh, Kilmarnock didn't have tactics yeah. to be fair, <laughs> but you could see there was one point where Kilmarnock got a free kick a yard inside their own half. The right back was about to take it. He was told no, out the way, and the goalkeeper ran from the his box, mm. shelled up the pitch to nobody. Just utter terrible. And again, every free <laughs> kick or goal kick they got. Kyle Lafferty went out to Greg Taylor's side. Mm. The right winger went there and another tallish midfielder went there and it was just boot up, hopefully play off the second ball and that was it. Lafferty is a uh, power in midfield. I mean, it's laughable, the tactics. They, they didn't get anything out of it and what made it even better was Kyle Lafferty, the main danger man, 
cause two Celtic's goals. So. Yeah, he was at fault for a couple of the goals that we'll, we'll talk about. At least Glasgow Celtic gave the, the viewing public something to watch with their performance. Can I See, shock you though? What? After 5 0, Celtic played well. I don't think they played that great, to be honest. No, I don't yeah. think, but they didn't have didn't to play have that to, great. No. 5 0 is a big, it, it's an impressive result for Celtic for a number of reasons. And we'll get into the, the details of it. We'll talk about the goals and how exactly it happened. But see, when you set up, you you made the point, Jamie, that if they'd set up to try and win the game, they're not going to lose 15-0, right? (laughs) That's very, very unlikely. Eventually, we would just run out of time. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Celtic are very, very good compared to these teams, right? I I concede that. I acknowledge that. I'm not just saying that. And to be clear, I said this literally last week, but sometimes things can be clipped out of context and all that, and it maybe wasn't included. But I'm not asking for these teams to open up so it's Celtic and batter them. That's not what I'm asking mm. for. I'm I'm just asking for a better spectacle for the viewing public and for, you know, or, well, as if I need reasons for yeah. that, you know. But Celtic are much, much better than Kilmarnock and Ross County and Aberdeen and all that. But they're still they're still Celtic, right? They're not they're not the Brazil nineteen eighty two team, mm. they're not Real Madrid or anything like that. Celtic will more often than not beat these teams but they they still win within reasonable parameters yeah. they don't win 7 8 9 nil. that doesn't happen they still win two by two or three you know what's going to happen next week don't you uh, we're going to be someday 7 nil. <laughs> I, I think that I think the difference though is these teams they don't win playing this way anyway right and yeah. that might have worked against a different Celtic team under a different manager see being stuffy it might have got you points it might have got you the odd result you might have been able to nick something against Neil Lennon's Celtic team Mm. or against at one point Brendan Rodgers Celtic team when managers managed to figure out what they were doing the difference with Alan Postacoglu's Celtic team is you can't possibly you can't nick a result against us now because we're a well-oiled machine the the way we've looked in the past couple of games towards the tail end of last season even if you're going to sit in even if you're going to be stuffy there's so much quality and so much talent and so many goals dotted all about the pitch as we saw today uh, saw the other day rather with the five goals the, the, the goals can come for anywhere we've got Maeda we've got Kyogo we've got Jota we've got Abada we've got centre halves chipping in with goals yeah. we've got David Turnbull we've got Riley. I mean what, what is your game plan to stop all of these different areas of the pitch all of these danger men picking the ball up to score and bit I oh, think that's what McInnes will be most disappointed about is like the first goal you can look at it and go they could have defended it better mm-hmm. I, I kind of look at that and go Celtic just carved them open by playing really well because their fullbacks are in a position that Kilmarnock can't defend against and that ball through the pace of Maeda and the finish from Kyogo but if you're McInnes you're looking at it right we're letting a goal with that goal and then the goal from 30 yards from Jota but he'll be kicking himself for the set piece ones I mean mm, yeah. Yeah. they are pathetic to give away for a team like Kilmarnock who are brutal in attack who aren't going to do much what you need to be in this league to stay up is sturdy defend your set pieces be physical and that his team don't look anything like that and I'm all for it I know I mean <laughs> let's talk about the go to Joel the go to Joel hmm <laughs> <laughs> why Stephen <laughs> No. Stephen, why did I say the Gota Joel? I have no is idea. Is your nickname for him? Goat? The, the Goat? Well, it's not I, but there you go. Jota the Gota. <laughs> Jota the Gota. Uh, there was a wee bit of controversy after the match. Sports Sound um, had a, I think it might be Rob McLean that was moaning. Have the wee grumble about how the keeper probably should have done better. Now, I'm of a view that the two things can be true at once. It was a sensational strike from Jota, from Gota. It was a sensational <laughs> strike, right? Um, very well to get the power on it keep it down the technique great touch for Maeda to set him up in the yep. first place 
but also the keeper probably should have done better because it went right through his wrist. It, it reminded me of a, a Barkas at Celtic <laughs> yeah. save or well, non-save. Well, of course, both things can be true at the same time. It can be an amazing strike and an amazing well, and a, a goalkeeper's error mm. because see, if the keeper had saved that, you'd still be looking at Jota saying, what a strike that yeah. was. Son. Well, you were so close there. So if the shot was exactly the same and the keeper saved it, it would still be an amazing shot. It's just the fact that it, that it went in. So I think the keeper could have done better. Having seen it back, the the one maybe you know, better leeway I can maybe give is that it maybe took one of those you know, slight moves in the air just before it got to him. Mm. His technique was strange because he went for it with both hands yeah. instead of just trying to get one strong hand behind it. When it was above him, it would probably be made more sense to try and go with your closest hand mm. rather than getting the, your two together. But that, taking nothing away from the goal because it was an absolute beezer. Yeah. Where we, we were standing, obviously we had a great view of it and as soon as he got it, everybody sort of that split second, you'll mm. grab each other because you can just see it flying in. And at the game, I didn't realise the keeper was that close to it, but I just think it's a peach of a strike that yeah. even if the keeper's at, he is at full stretch, maybe could do a bit better, but is he going to get enough on to tip it round? Yeah. I don't think so. And you're just looking at Jota going, calm it down, son. Mm. That's, <laughs> that, that, you're getting ridiculous now. He's looking absolutely sensational. And Best player in the league. Easy, isn't it? I don't know. Discussion. Chris, oh. Chris Boyd would disagree, oh, right. of course. Oh, Jesus, but, yeah. Yeah, right now, of course he is. And you're looking at the what he does, you're saying, oh, does Celtic rely on him? But I think this game sort of put that to bed because Celtic had a number of goal scorers and a number of guys setting up. So as you said, we've got goals coming from everywhere. And the thing that's been levelled at this Celtic team, maybe a criticism, is the lack of physicality or height in them. We're basically scoring a goal from a set piece in every game right yeah. now. So Remember that was a thing? Yep. When was the last time uh, we scored yeah. a goal for a set piece? That was a when thing. was the last time we didn't score in a game from a set yeah, piece? That, yeah, that was a long time. I mean, Moritz Jens, again, like Melly said, we didn't have to play particularly well to get to, to get that 5-0 result because you're watching that Moritz Jens overhead kick. Great technique and all that, but he had an awful long time in the six-yard box to think about <laughs> what he was going to do there. And Kyle Lafferty got a front row view for the takers. You should not be getting a two-touch overhead kick in the box unchallenged. Nah. You can still get them away. You can still score them if you've flicked it up for yourself. But at the very least, you would expect to somebody to hammer you after you've played the ball or something, but there was no one within yards you of them. You can see Jens' thought process. He's like, I've actually got time to maybe turn and hit this, but <laughs> I'm going to try this instead. Kyle Lafferty's performance defensively in that game at set pieces is a prime example of why you don't... Look, people always cry out for more height in the Celtic team. Right, okay, that would be mm. handy, but you've got to be a good player. It's all, it's all very, it's not very useful being six foot four and not having a clue what to do when the ball comes mm. into the box. Which Kyle Lafferty demonstrated on at least two, three occasions when it came to set pieces in that game. So I think yes, you'll find he's only six foot, six foot, and plays a flute member. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that the song? I, I, I've got um, Kyle Lafferty for me looks a bit like he's, I know he's come up from the championship, right? But he is, he's. Almost one of the last players of, I would say, that older generation. That He's like a, a player from a time gone by and he's mm. of the era of Stokes. The game's kind of left <laughs> right, these yeah, guys yeah. by, do you know what I mean? That's the a sort good show, of, actually. The yeah. sort of lazy guys who, they, they have pretty good spells at certain clubs, but they're no particularly talented, but they just managed to carve out a career for themselves. So I'm thinking about Anthony Stokes, prime example. I'm thinking about... Um, Lee Griffiths, no, Lee Griffiths. Is, is another say, one yeah. you might want to include Charlie Mulgrew in that if you're a dick because <laughs> he's sensational at everything he attempts if you're but, an absolute bloody idiot yeah, but that sort, of, that sort of era and, you're, and I was watching that Kyle Lafferty performance and I thought 
I th- you know, he'll, he'll probably get a couple of goals for them. Uh, Tony Watts probably won, even though he's a lot younger than these guys. Mm. He's kind of in that mould a wee bit. And I was watching it and the defensive stuff was abject. Yeah. But he just struck me as a guy that just like has no interest in doing anything unless it particularly suits him. And you think, you can't really get away with being that sort of player for a top club anymore. No, you can't. Come on, I can't be a top club. No. But you're watching me as a, as a dinosaur, kind of. And it's these kind of guys, you can you can sort of tell with them, Those a lot of those guys you have mentioned who maybe... They only find a place in Scotland a lot of the time mm. as well. Well, yeah, thanks for killing my point. Oh, is that, is that what you're about to say? Revenge is sweet for you, isn't it? <laughs> it's these sort of guys that you sort of see coming through and do well in Scotland and you think... Before you're 30 or into your 30s, you'll be back playing in Scotland mm. because I don't think anyone else with any substance would want a guy like that because he offers nothing apart from being tall. He has scored against Celtic in the past, but that was a long time ago. And just watching his performance because you're sort of fixated on him because of oh, the, who he used to play for and all that and any mistake he made, you're right on top of it. But he offers nothing but being a big battering mm. ram up there. And diving as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh my dive. God. I, I, count, I stopped counting the first half at four. <laughs> Just collapsing at the deck. Yeah. He had every opportunity. He did a couple of wee things with Jens as well where he left one on him early on. But mm. of course, the referee didn't uh, do they anything. They called that a tangle on Sky. They go, oh, I've, I spotted a thing as well. Sorry to interrupt, but you've reminded me of it. Sky's coverage, Andy Walker doesn't want to criticise anybody anymore. I mm, don't know yeah. why. He's obviously too sick of getting a backlash, but he goes, oh, the, the players get into a tangle there. But when you watch the replay, you could see Lafferty look to where Jens was and just kick the leg out and get him. He still had time to praise, or not praise, but basically excuse Kyle Lafferty for his dive because you know that's everything that. got to do their stuff. <laughs> yeah, Every, all um, the hits. Kyogo got to score a goal. Mm. Starfield got to score a goal. Everything got to do their stuff, including Andy Walker, who got to say that he doesn't mind about a dive. <laughs> I know. Say the line, Andy. Say <laughs> the line. Yeah. Say the line. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, Melly, sorry. What did you make of the refereeing performance? Because he was a rookie ref coming in there, but... I thought he was okay, but I, I was amazed Alan Power didn't get booked because Alan Power always gets booked. He's the most, since Alan Power has started playing football in Scotland, he is the most booked player. The most bookingest player. The most bookingest player <laughs> ever. I think he's on 47 bookings. Did you <laughs> catch a ref's name? It was a. Oh, it was home bargains? It, no, not Dion home Dublin. bargains, Melly. Oh, was it? Home? No, yeah, that's uh, that's the <laughs> Dion Dublin. David Dickinson. Yes, Bob, uh, there we Bob go. Bob Monkhouse. Bob Monkhouse. <laughs> it's good this, even though we're just listening to TV presenters. Michael Barrymore. Michael <laughs> 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 yeah, I caught the rest of that, that was it. It was so you're looking at the ref thinking, look, maybe he's going to give mm. Kilmar like it let them off with a few things, but like as if Celtic haven't been doing this for a a full year now a full season we're coming up quickly approaching it'll be September eh, last year before Celtic last lost a game in the league and you're like do you think this is something new McInnes that we haven't come up against the whole time Ange's been here and it's the point and just one last thing the referee before I got into Starfield school the referee must have read the comments in the press about these fouls and I just kind of thought well see for the first one if you just go right booked what you booked me for well you said the loud but you said the quiet bit out loud uh, before yeah. the game. You told me exactly what you were going to do, so I'm just going to put an end to it uh, right here and then, and that is it. I thought the, the refereeing performance was absolutely fine. Mm. It, one of those games where I came away thinking, well, not thinking at all about the ref, really, mm. apart from a few hilarious moments where he seemed to... It, every Scottish referee, I think, though, has the tendency to just make up rules on the spot, though. I can't remember exactly what the, the instance mm. was, but there was also, within the first four minutes of the game... I think I was the only one to notice it. I went straight in our, our Discord group mm. where we're chatting about the game as as it happens. 
and I had seen the most ridiculous full throw of my <laughs> entire life. It was quite full cool. throws get by all the time. This this one was ridiculous. I am I, I'm still on my crusade that I think throw-ins are the stupidest thing in football. Mm, I like they, them. They don't make any sense, and no one can do them. Mm. But honestly, if you if you can be bothered, go back to about three minutes into that game. I can't remember who it was. Kamarnock fullback went out on the right side, took a. a Throw in that was basically it was like a chest pass from his from his forehead and <laughs> like his, a netball throw yeah and his hind leg or his, his stand his hind leg his back fucking legs his back foot is how you say that in English isn't it his hind leg if you're in like a horse or a greyhound or if, something if your brain is working properly what you would say is his back leg or his, his back foot rather his, his back his back foot basically come up over the top of his head while he was there because your feet aren't allowed to leave the ground when you're taking a yeah. throwing his basically arched all the way back right. up like some sort of gymnast it was ridiculous <laughs> right, okay Starfelt had a, another guy marked by Kevin Lafferty who had about an hour and a half in the box to decide what he was going to do with that was it on the second attempt he managed to score yeah well uh, Carter Vickers gets the first header mm. uh, good save by the keeper down low and then Starfelt's there again just peeled off Lafferty because that is his man because he was marking the left centre half for the end goal marking him again Peels off, gets the shot away, gets a second attempt at it. Then Lafferty turns around as if to look at somebody else. Yeah. But delighted for Starfield, uh, Stephen said earlier, it's, it's just great to see somebody that happy when they scored. And yeah. it's been a long time coming for the guy, 50th game for Celtic. And but he came on for Jens. Jens went off with a slight knock. Hopefully it's not too too serious. But uh, he came on, looked a wee bit ropey with some of his passing, but mm. then just strolled the game. And good to see him get his goal and get some valuable minutes on just, the pitch. just on the centre half Stephen um, a couple of things one is this the full, first time in your memory Celtic have had four good centre halves I think so as you, can, as you can rotate between them I can't and, remember the last time we would have had that because we, we were talking about this a wee bit on our big match build up mm. before the game which we go live on Patreon before the before the kickoff. And we're, we're saying it's, it's such a good position to be in because almost uniquely Celtic have got defenders who not not one of them has deserved to lose their place at no, all. No. Not one of them has come in and had a ropey performance where you think, all oh, right, it's an absolute essential to get this other guy in because that guy's going to cost us. It's just four good players vying for two positions that they can't, you know, four into two does not go in this in this team. And we, we, until such times as we're experimenting with back threes or whatever, then that's just how it's got to be. We need, we're, it's a, a really good position to be in where some of these guys are, are playing so well. Starfield, although... I've I've been a, a big fan of Starfield in the past. He is he is my best friend, my pal, mm. my homeboy, my sweet cheese, my rotten soldier. Right, my oh, good about, time, my good time, leave him. my I good know. time boy. Mm. He was shocking when he came on for the, <laughs> for the first like five minutes or so. There was one point where someone passed it to in the the left side, the centre half area that he's often occupies. He passed it to the park. Well, the, that was there was one, but then he just casually strolled forward, and it was mm. as if a, a guy had like materialised in front of him, like Raiden. <laughs> For Mortal Kombat, just it just appeared and Starfield just ran straight into him <laughs> with the ball and lost possession and, and ended up Kilmarnock were on one of their very rare attacks. But I'm I'm really delighted for him to have got that goal because as as Melly already said, it, there's something really nice about a guy who just can't hide how buzzing he is mm. to finally get the goal. And even Ange as well, Ange was pissing himself laughing on the sideline because of the slightly ugly nature of the goal and the fact that Starfield finally got it and said after the game that he's been working really hard, <laughs> trying really hard to get a goal and it's his 50th appearance uh, and for a centre half, admittedly right, it was, it's not the it's not the position on the pitch you would associate with goal scoring mm. but Celtic centre halves do. Yeah. Celtic centre halves quite frequently will get four to seven, maybe even more goals per season. You look at 
Carvickers got four last season, but then you're you're going back to guys like Julian, who always carried a threat. Boyata scored yeah. frequently. Leuven's was actually Leuven's, no bad Steve for a McManus goal. Steve got right. a few goals as well. So there is that lineage of goal-scoring centre-halves. So to have gone 50 games without even like, barely threatening from Starfield was, was uh, unusual to say the least, but I'm really happy for him finally getting on it. you haven't heard already it is smooth sack summer when you're playing in the summer sun make sure you're scaped from pubes to bum this is this is the uh. ad copy we are given that's right this is the summer to keep your balls cool while still looking hot with <laughs> manscaped the leader in below the belt grooming is making sure we have a ball this summer by giving our pants partners everything they need to stay fresh dive head first into smooth sack summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with our code TIMS the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 has everything you need to prepare that summer bod. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to keep all your goodies in. Stephen, it's 2022. You cannot at any time. 
be hitting the beach like that again, man. Unacceptable. So come get a ball sack trimmer from your podcast mates. A ball sack trimmer for your scrotum shaved and shorn. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's manscaped.com forward slash Tim's for 20% off. And thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring this podcast. I think uh, O'Reilly's deliveries have really improved this season. He seems to be whipping a lot of good balls mm. in. And with Celtic doing the short corner routine as well, we, we tend to get somebody taking it and then getting it to Jota and he can whip it in but uh, just when you were speaking there I was thinking about it like Carter Vickers Starfelt have played a lot of games for Celtic haven't they not one of them has scored a headed goal for Celtic no, no. not any headed goals I'm glad, you, I'm glad you brought up Carter Vickers because it's um, how many episodes is this the fourth episode of this season third well, uh, fourth, fourth probably yeah and we've not mentioned Carter Vickers yet and yeah. I just want to say that just watching him in that Kamarnock game admittedly didn't have a lot to deal with but he sees the game in slow motion he, nothing I have seen not, since the guy walked in the door I have not seen one thing domestically phase him at all no. nothing he just breezes right through these games and it's just great he's great mm. to watch because the biggest compliment we can probably pay him is that we don't have to talk about him because Celtic don't concede chances and he's a huge huge part of that the the, the strikers and the forwards press like anything Maeda's pressing again was wild yeah, on that yeah. pitch and then midfield and all that in defence but even when he has to Celtic are a passing team they like to get the ball on the deck there was one time in the first half where he just he just put it out the side and then got back into position I was like that's exactly what you want he's not overcomplicating anything he's just a really good player in there who another one who his performances are steadily just 7-8 out of 10 every week I'm just hoping that people don't start to take notice of him because he's just great. We've got him in a big, big fat contract, though, yeah. don't we? So Absolutely. he's not going anywhere. Um, Greg Taylor, we have been talking about the guy every week in comparison. Uh, and without going over the old ground, Greg Taylor, we love you. Um, <laughs> his performances have been sensational. That was another sensational performance merited by the Man of the Match Award. I feel like Greg Taylor's been building up to a Man of the Match Award. I feel like Greg Taylor's building up to you know, player of the month award, but there's just so many good players in that Celtic team, it's, it's probably unlikely that he would ever he would ever get there, but he's definitely been building up to that sort of recognition. You could see he was buzzing about it after the game. No, well, I, I don't think it's any exaggeration to say he's been Celtic's, or one of Celtic's best players recently. Mm. In the last, we played three games this season, and Greg Pivotal, uh, Greg Pivotal, Greg Taylor, <laughs> in my opinion, has it been Pivotal. It is warm in here. <laughs> that, I think that's why we're making so many <laughs> that's, mistakes. That, that's actually his middle name. I think, it, yeah, Greg, Greg Pivotal Taylor. Right? Yeah. Okay, I was blaming the heat, Mel, he's got his trousers, he's, he's done nothing but he just his trousers <laughs> down his knees it's like the Ace Ventura 2 in the rhino <laughs> squeezing out of here let's so. his thighs breathe <laughs> <laughs> Greg Taylor has been pivotal in each one of them and that it culminated in a thoroughly deserved man of the match performance and it wasn't one of those man of the matches that we dish out at home where it's just a new guy mm. that we quite fancy like giving a man of the match that was a proper like, Celtic won 5-0 Greg Taylor didn't score any of the goals didn't should have scored. Uh, he should have he had an opportunity to it, take the shot. Didn't he fancy his right foot? I think he was. He wanted his left as well. Yeah, though. I, um, so didn't score any of the goals. Wasn't the the final pass in any of them? Although he did set up uh, Maeda to come mm. back for Kyogo for the first one. Wasn't directly involved in any of the goals in terms of assists, and was still the best player on the park. Now, would it surprise you to find out that? Greg Taylor gave the ball away 20 times in that wow. game, which is by far the most of any player on the pitch and still looked very, very impressive. I, I don't actually have the stats here, but I did see, I think it might have even been the SPFL tweeted that for almost everything else, he was top of the yeah, class. Yeah, for yeah. duels and tackles and everything else, he was top of the pass completion and all that. I would, I would stress that 
when you look at a stat like that, and it's often on Y Scout or whatever, if you look at a stat, but it's very different to watching the video of it because sometimes included in that are times where he's just challenged for the ball. If he wins the header and it doesn't fall to a Celtic player, mm. that counts as him losing the ball, right? That would have been a lot in that game. Yeah, but even still, everyone's playing under the same you know, set of circumstances and he was still the guy who gave the ball away most in the game. But it just shows you how involved he was and for him to do that, for him to give the ball away more than anyone else in the pitch and still impress, still have everyone coming away thinking what a performance that was from Greg Taylor is... is Arguably even more impressive because he wasn't perfect, but what he did really, really counted in the game. And also with giving the ball away comes also the realisation that he's trying to make things happen. He will give the ball mm. away often because he's playing passes like the one that set Maeda through. Not all of those are going to work, but you know he's been really crucial in this team. It's his close control for me. Yeah, There's yeah. one he sends like Lafferty for the hot dog and moves <laughs> right. away. There's, he's got that wee turn, that wee close control where he takes one touch and takes it away. And he's just looking like a good player the now where you're starting to feel like it's no just this purple patch. Because we've seen that with Ralston last season. Like, or maybe it's a purple patch and it lasted throughout the season. You can maybe think back to the Bodo game, which is brought up if you're thinking about Greg Taylor. But apart from that, you never see him have a terrible game. We always seem to think, I think uh, we can improve upon him. But we've brought somebody in and it's improved Greg Taylor yeah. rather than the other way about. So I, I love watching him play now because he is so involved and seems to be a popular guy about there. But it's just not even that. It's like the pass inside for Maeda at the game I didn't appreciate how far back he was. It's inch perfect and it cuts out about five players and all Maeda has to do is simply put yeah. it across and Kyogo gets the touch. It's, it's a great piece of play from him and it's just general game all round was brilliant. And oh. I thought, uh, not this season, he's not been bad, but Juranovic has been pretty quiet, but some yeah. of his touches and all that Jay, on Sunday were great as well. Another player has been quite quiet is, is Callum McGregor. Um, but I think that a lot of that comes down to the fact that We've not really needed them that much. Yeah. Things have been Ticks happening over every week without him. Uh, Commander were letting our centre backs have the ball and trying to sort of press. I think they were using Donnelly and Power to press it when it came into midfield. But the minute times Carl McGregor just took the ball and spun away for the guy, he moved into a wee bit of space and played the ball on. He's he's as I say, he's always. He, he, I think he'll be crucial for us in the Champions League. Oh, in right. fact, we we had um, Alex our scout do a little bit of scouting on the importance of Carl McGregor in these Champions League games. We put it up on TikTok and I think it's on YouTube Shorts as well. And I think Callum McGregor's going to be absolutely critical for us in the Champions League against the big teams in the more difficult games. But in these last couple of weeks at the start of the season, the guys had the cigar out. Yeah, and there was a point in the game where Moy came on and Cal McGregor was moved a bit further up into the position. Turnbull uh, went off and he's just brilliant in that as well. Mm. There was a couple of uh, opportunities for him where he got in that left-hand side and uh, put a couple of balls across and you're like, this guy could literally play anywhere in midfield and do a very good job. So good to see him. Whether he's playing brilliant or not, it's kind of because he's raised the standard so high that he's not doing something outstanding you don't really notice him because you just expect him to play brilliant and what he does is he'll either find space or he'll drag away a player mm. so one of your centre halves have space to play it into somebody else or one of the fullbacks. so the guy's so intelligent just gets on with his job and doesn't really get any praise for doing these wee things that you maybe don't see mm. but he dictates that team and everywhere we go and even when he get moved up I thought he was brilliant and very creative and just again 
Moy comes on, plays in the number six position while James McCarthy's on the bench. Yeah. You're just looking. It's, it's, we've got a bit to talk about the transfers, but you're looking at the, some of the squad and you think, oh, it's, it's not going to pan out for them. I think by the nature of the games that Celtic have been playing recently, I think the midfield have all been maybe just overshadowed a little bit. Mm. I didn't come away from any of the games thinking, oh, the midfield were disappointing. No. I, just, I just didn't really think about them as yeah. a result of the, the limelight being stolen by guys like Greg Taylor, like Jota. Well, Greg like, Taylor's playing a midfield role at the yeah, moment, well, isn't he? That's exactly it. That, that, that's definitely part of it. You look at the average positions of the game, they're, they're, him and Juranovic and Greg Taylor are basically either side of Callum McGregor yeah. with the other two pushed a wee bit forward. That's, that's kind of obvious. That's the way we've been playing for a long time. But I think the, the midfield in the last couple of games has been unchanged, but has been unspectacular. If, you know, I, I just think These that, games have been a formality for aye, us so far. If nobody's really attacking Celtic, then if the midfield therefore sort of defaults into a function of basically just getting the ball to the likes of... The, the aforementioned players have already just listed, like Jota and all that, and they're doing all the, the magical stuff up front, then that, that's absolutely... And, I don't think it's any concern whatsoever. And the strength of some of the players we can bring on, I mean, we brought on Yakimakis, Koyogo went off as well. Koyogo did go off, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and Yakimakis came on and I can foresee a situation going forward where these guys are splitting the minutes kind of evenly and also splitting the goals kind of evenly because Yakimakis, one touch finish by the way <laughs> mind that was a thing mind, mind that was observed and everybody thought it was the next big thing so still going still, still going. going oh is it? Yeah, oh, the, the, still, Yak, still the Yakimakis one touch finish so yeah. He, yeah. Number, of, number of one touch finishes for Yakimakis 15 mm -hmm. number mm -hmm. of one touch finishes for Kyogo 18. Oh. <laughs> Not a thing. Not it's a just how people score goals. <laughs> yeah, it's just how football, <laughs> yeah. it's just how football is played. Yeah. Um, he came on sort of, I, I do love him. I love yeah. the guy. I've made that clear on this podcast a couple of times that he, I think he's a, a really good player. Kyogo's probably going to start more games, but there's definitely going to be space for him to contribute. There's plenty going to be plenty of minutes for him. There'll be tactical things that Andrew probably want to do where he's going to start a couple of games probably in the... You can foresee a situation where he starts a couple of away games in the Champions League or whatever. But the guy's brilliant, comes on, gets on the score sheet and you can foresee a situation, Stephen, where come the end of the season, they've played similar amounts of minutes and scored similarly 20-odd goals between them. Well, that's kind each, of, rather. for yeah. very different reasons, for different circumstances, but that's kind of how it worked out last season as well. Obviously, yeah. Kyogo was injured for a long time. Yakimakis was injured at the start of the season, took a long time to get going. But they both finished on... With limited appearances because of those two reasons, they both finished on 18 and 20 goals, I think it is, respectively. So yeah, that feeds back into what we were talking about earlier, about how the approach of this opposition, this level of opposition, is kind of doomed to fail. You will get the odd team who will get a result. Livingston have got results against Celtic mm. recently. But things have changed in recent seasons because of this five subs thing. And it's because we can bring on Yakimakis. If it's not working, we've got so many options there. And you're... I'd, I don't really like the five subs thing. I think it's it's excessive, but that's that's the reality we're living in now. And teams are going to have to come up with something better. I, I'm not going to. I'm sitting here as a Celtic fan who does a podcast, right? I'm not. A, I'm not a qualified coach. I'm, if you're coming to me mm -hmm. saying, "Oh, what would you do then?" I, I don't know. But that, these guys are paid to find the solutions to this. Even if they can't, they're they're paid to try and yeah. find it. And I think nowadays the gulf is probably extended because I've got. You know, we can talk about how the fact that this league is just Rangers and Celtic now. Hearts are the third force and the rest of the teams really don't look up to much. Mm. E even these early stages of the season, you can probably say that. And the game's evolved now where you think, I know there's a plan in place now to try and double the amount of television money coming into the Scottish football. That was revealed today. But you're looking at these two sides. They're so much better than everyone else, really, with maybe the exceptional hearts and the other result. You, you need to come up with a new way to play against them. I don't want to tread over all ground. We kind of picked that up. But even McKinnis's yeah. comments after the game, he goes, it wasn't the Celtics' quality that beat us today. 
insinuating there was mistakes he made and I'm like right aye but it, still five goals it was it? still five goals in it can you even bring yourself to praise the opposition ever so slightly that doesn't work I'm afraid right you can't have it both ways you can't be literally out there and I know it wasn't him who literally said that it was Rory McKenzie mm. but that doesn't matter that that's come from the yeah. manager if Rory McKenzie's out there shooting his mouth off about the game plan that has come from Derek McInnes or if Derek McInnes didn't say that then he wouldn't have picked Rory McKenzie for that game and they went out and did exactly <laughs> coincidentally <laughs> yeah, yeah, went out and did exactly yeah. what they, they said they'd do you can't have it that way you can't have Right, we're going to set up to do this. We're going to set up. That completely, demonstrably fails mm. in the first half. You're 3-0 down at half time. Your, your plan has fallen apart. And you can't sit there and say, oh, no, Celtic weren't actually that good. Yeah. Anyway, it was our plan that completely failed. <laughs> well, you better say that then. You better take some responsibility for that game plan, which was a complete flop. Yeah, yeah. get, get a new plan. But <laughs> <laughs> and, and if that's the case... Fine, Derek, that is the case. Yeah. But as you said, 3-0 down at half time. And the first two goals were great pieces of brilliance yeah. from Celtic. There weren't any mistakes made by Kilmarnock. The ball through from Taylor is inch perfect. And the second goal by Jota picks up 30 yards out and spanks it in. What, what mistake what, was I made think, there, Well, Derek? I think what happened is, is, and we could all do this, Stephen. You said you're not a qualified coach, but you could certainly pick 11 guys go out and play against Celtic, get spanked 5-0 and come out and go out and go see aye, but see all those five goals. I had a plan to stop all those five <laughs> goals and had my players carried it out, we wouldn't have conceded any. So it really wasn't you guys that were so good, it was my players' fault. Derek, but, I don't know a manager who has played Celtic so much but gets so little results <laughs> yeah. against them. Yes. He must have the worst win percentage <laughs> against Celtic in history. Been there, done it. Experience. Uh, we've got Hearts next, don't we? Yes. Hearts at home. The, trans the transfer window slams shut as it always does in two weeks time um, we've been linked with, linked with Ross Barkley of Chelsea and formerly Everton fame and says he's expecting to bring one or two in he says he's expecting it to be a hectic end to the transfer window how excited would you be Melly, if we managed to get two more players in very excited if uh, ideally I'd want a winger and if Ross Barkley is available it's a no brainer for me I think he'd be a piece of quality there's a, the usual chat whose place would they take well well I did make that it was me that made that point as well because why I brought it up yeah oh right okay <laughs> Here a wee bit of needle on the podcast right so, so you, you see tell me go whose place he takes Aye. any one in the midfielder because he's Callum probably McGregor's better than so he takes Callum McGregor he doesn't play there so oh so so, not, so who are you talking about Turnbull O'Reilly uh, take... I would probably say McGregor O'Reilly and Barkley easily would be ahead of Turbo mm. and Hitati I just think he's a bit of quality you can label him Aaron Ramsey or whatever I don't think there's any foundation for that I think he's a very good player and a guy that when I saw it linked I thought Celtic don't have a chance of him but looking into it a bit more if he has been made an offer by Celtic 28 now Look, he can go to another Premier League team, but is he going to play? And for this guy who had a lot of talent for a young age, he's now 28 and he's barely played well, 30 the games a season. Well, that's the key. And that's why there's a bit of nervousness from my part, Stephen, about the Ross Barkley thing as well. Because I, you can look at the guy and go, oh, he's a quality player, you know, Everton, Chelsea. He was the next big thing at Everton, moved to Chelsea. It's not really worked out for him. And, and you think to say, right, but what he represents for Celtic is strengthening in a position where we don't necessarily need it. You know what I mean? Because we've got good players there anyway. I know you can always get better players and if the yeah, opportunity yeah. to get a better player comes in. One, he's not a player that's played consistently for a long time, but he also doesn't fall into the age bracket of, say, a Joe Hart, who's a bit past it and a bit old. So he's kind of in his peak, not playing football, getting paid a lot of money. And you're, we need to revitalise something within mm. Ross Barkley. Well, it wouldn't um, be the first time Celtic have done that. Celtic no, have a huge it? success from stuff exactly that in the in the past. I mean, think where was this age, was he? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sinclair would have been about about the same age. And we need to remember it is Chelsea. Chelsea have got mm. an enormous squad where they can just go out and buy, you know, arguably the best players in the world. They were in a Champions League final not so long ago. Mm. They won the Champions League ten years ago. You can understand ago, why there's a nervousness about it. It's not a no-brainer. You know, had Celtic been linked with I don't know, some player down south who was playing regularly for a lower league Premier League team, he was linked with other teams higher up the table and Celtic, you'd be going, oh, we need to try and push the boat out to get this guy because he's going to be a quality player as the next big thing. With Ross Barkley, there's, you're looking at it going, well, he was the next best thing at one point and he's not really fulfilled his potential or as Melly said, played a lot of football. Ah, well, I think he's been inconsistently quite good for Chelsea. I think he's mm. done it on occasion. He had a wee bit of a resurgence and then fell away again, but they change manager every season, basically, Chelsea. So it's very difficult to retain any kind of consistency once that other guy brings their own players in or whatever. So... Uh, look, there may be absolutely nothing in the Ross Barkley thing at all and there, you know, it, a lot of reasons make it not make sense because mm. he will be on a, an awful lot of money you'd think he would probably if he could get a move from Chelsea you could probably think he'd just hang around in the Premier League well, and that, get a move to I don't know well, Fulham a, or something that's another right? thing isn't, there's a bit of a sorry to jump in but there is a bit of an insecurity about how why are you at Celtic Aye, but, why, how are you ended up here but did we not do that with Joe Hart as well I know yep. they're different ages but we did the exact same thing he Aye. came for the right reasons and I, I feel like I dismay at some of the reaction to being linked to Ross Barkley because you get the usual people just can I see logic just via the chip on their shoulder and it's just all this arrogant like, I can't see any basis to to label a guy like that or arrogant he's coming up here for a holiday uh, a big time mm. Charlie and all that like, but I feel like people learn absolutely nothing and it's like I, you can compare him Melly just said you can compare him to Aaron Ramsey but what makes him more likely to be Aaron Ramsey than say Scott Sinclair or Joe Hart or Cameron Carter-Vickers yeah. or any of the dozens and dozens of players that I've we've had for England I've seen Aaron Ramsey thing a lot it doesn't wash there's no, no comparison no. Aaron Ramsey was a completely complete injury crock yeah. do you that, know what I mean yeah, and, and, and his current club were screaming to get rid of the guy yeah. couldn't he wait to get the guy out the door that was a red flag waiting to happen it's slightly different here yeah. I mean this could be rubbish tomorrow and we've spent too much time talking about mm. Ross Barkley but I thought it was maybe worth mentioning because it's, of the it's lingering yeah, it is lingering yeah, because of the it's slightly confusing to me uh, reaction to it out there I think if Ross Barkley is willing to come to Celtic if he's genuinely available if he's anything like the player he has been in the past if he's available at a reasonable cost I think you'd do that deal, to be mm. honest. I don't think It's you'd... the reasonable cost thing as well, isn't well, it? Well, that would be up to the club. Mm. I don't, they're not going to go out there and give a guy 80 grand a week. That won't happen. You're <laughs> not, we're not going to send ourselves into liquidation or anything like that just to sign Ross Barkley. It would have to be reasonable, of course. But as far as... If, if all those boxes are ticked, do the deal and worry about whose place he would take in the, in the so coming So a no-brainer for you? Aye, absolutely. Absolutely yeah, no-brainer. Melly? Yeah, well, if you're looking at him, he's getting kept out by Kovacic and then Kante, World Cup mm. winner, Jorginho, Euros winner, that Loftus-Cheek's a good player as well. They've got plenty of options in there, Chelsea. He's just no simply going to play. But if you're saying to me, do I go and get him? I would, because I think he's that bit of, maybe that wee bit of magic we kind of lack in there. I think all our central midfielders like, play the a bit further forward than Cal Maria Guerrero all industrious but they don't have that creative spark maybe that may have been missing from Rogic mm. they're all good players but this guy could maybe take us to the next level and you're saying like he's 28 why is he ending up at Celtic I bet he's coming from Chelsea like where, Aye, where, not, where do you not, I suppose my point is that that's not his only two options do you know what I mean his options are come to Celtic 
and he ends up taking much less money than's probably available elsewhere. Or if that money's not available elsewhere, why are these other clubs not touching him? That's the, I suppose, I think the Joe Hart thing for me is different because Joe Hart was at the end of his career. He was more or less outcast at the club he was at. He was told, go find somewhere else. You're never going to play for me again. And Joe Hart's a goalkeeper, different position. You play a lot. Old. So there's, it's it's slightly different. I mean, Ross Bartley to me is still a name. He's still a player I remember with a big reputation from Everton. Oh. And I'm looking at that going, if you end, end up at Celtic, it seems to me like your agents phoned around teams at the top end of the Premier League and have said no, the middle of the Premier League said no, no. The the teams at the bottom end of the Premier League and they've maybe said no and you've said no. So Celtic are maybe third or fourth choice on your agents list. How come you in particular has ended up being here? Unless I've no problem with that, but I don't, I don't I, see Celtic just, being able to compete with any Premier League team for a player. That's that's my only nervousness about it. The fact that he's still a player of some cachet, some calibre, and you Aye. think, well, what's well, gone wrong so far? It's a it's a common criticism. Uh, thrown at players who leave Celtic right so Edward Christie Ayer mm. what are you going down there for when you could stay here and win trophies and play against and play in front of 60,000 you could compete try and get into Europe and all that play rugby you, park. so why <laughs> why are you leaving to go to England to and giving up all that stuff meanwhile we potentially have a guy who wants to do the reverse maybe he's mm. got those things in mind and we're going like, would, would you well, want to come here for to, to be fair to me though I don't say those things no, I, and but, when people do say those things I say nobody's going to come up here for six games of the Champions League no, and when not. they could secure the, the answer might be he's a bit personality wise not so much football status wise but personality wise maybe he's beginning to feel a bit like Joe Hart yeah. a bit like a player without a club he's he, never had he, a home really has he he's no. left Everton at an early age he was on 60 grand a week at Everton he kind of did the dirty on them a wee bit with the Chelsea move stayed while he was injured I think Chelsea had a bit I read this today Chelsea had a bit accepted in the January for 35 million he then subsequently got injured it was crocked then when he was fit again Chelsea came back in for him Meanwhile, his contract had had another year down. He didn't the last six months of his contract, and they nipped him for like fifteen million. So there was a bit of bad blood there. He went to Chelsea. Do you want him to do about that? What? What do you want him to do about that? No, I'm just saying that's the Everton fans were pissed Aye. off about it. <laughs> Football fans, eh? If if we are looking at it as well, Celtic going into the Champions League and we or Champions League ready players this is the, about the most Champions League ready player we could yeah. probably go for sorry just before we get too far away from it the reason I brought that up was because it indicated at that point he was on like 60 grand a week at right. Everton and he ended up getting 80 or 90 grand a week ever it was at Chelsea yeah. so he's made mega bucks he's probably financially secure which is one thing he's maybe no thinking about his next wage packet yeah well, he's, he's still 28 he's nowhere near the end of his career if uh, injuries keep him going and if a guy like that can come to Celtic in the peak of his career sort of revitalise himself mm. a bit and I think the thing with a lot of these players that get to this point as well, like, he's never had a time where he's been the man at a team where he's been consistently playing every week and got somewhere. He could get that at Celtic, he could get recognition and trophies. He has won trophies and I just think it'd be brilliant. I, I'd love him to sign, I just I don't see it. I think it would aye, be down, down his list of teams, but if Celtic can get it done, I'd be absolutely delighted. We don't usually do frivolous transfer rumours on this podcast, but this Ross Barkley one has hung about for a wee while, you know, and a yeah. lot of sources, even sources down south that report on Chelsea are saying that he's gone off of his Celtic. Yeah, as I say, it could be completely rubbish by the time we've, we've spoken about this, but it's in a way, it's, it's kind of broader than just Ross Barkley because mm. we've covered a lot of subjects there, including the type of player that people often cry out for, but not that guy. As long as yeah. Just know that guy we want somebody who ticks all those boxes but definitely know that guy so uh, I think I think it's worth talking about even if there's absolutely it, nothing in it it would be a departure for this summer because it would identify a new player coming in you know with the exception of Carter Vickers and Jota who would probably be considered a first team player you know that would come right into the first team and takes take somebody's place that's not really happened yet unless 
He ends up taking Starfelt's place. Replaces James McCarthy. Aye, <laughs> on the bench, takes Aye. his place on the takes his place on the bench. I think we've got to get a, the everybody knows the names. McCarthy's looking for a move, but desperately trying to get a shot of a Yeti. But he's he's quite happy just <laughs> there to goes. sit there. And, Box ticked for this yeah, week again. Yeah, he's he's quite happy just to sit there and take all his money. Melee. Anyone else we need to think Julian. of getting rid of? Christopher Julian. Yeah, he's yeah. probably going to get a move as well. Um, James Forrest has got something to offer according to the manager so yep. he's going to be sticking about but that's a position that we probably need to look at so if there's Ange wants to bring in one or two Melly without exception of Ross Barkley what two positions do you want to see filled? I think if it if it wasn't Ross Barkley possibly an arm midfielder if McCarthy goes but mm. it wouldn't be a massive deal but if you can get somebody the calibre of Barkley all for it if not it's no essential but it's a winger for me I think Jota mm. Maeda Abada, all good. Just I'd like someday. Well, that's you're never going to get an Jota, but a wee bit of skill in that, like okay. Jota. Steven? Yeah, I, I can't really develop on that much. I think we do need uh, different options because it's all very well sitting here saying we need another Jota, right? And we mm. need a direct replacement for Jota. That's not going to happen because yeah. we've absolutely robbed Benfica blind. <laughs> absolutely <Yeah. laughs> pulled their pants down mm. very publicly here. And six million is absolutely ridiculous. We're not going to find another one of those in the same window. Well, well you know, he was already here. You know what I mean? Yes. We're not going to spend another six million on a on the best player potentially in the league. So that's not going to happen. But if we can get a different option, maybe. Don't know quite what that is because they're all very different players. Is yeah. are the wingers? Yeah. Is what I would say. They're all very different profiles. So maybe someone that's a little bit closer to Jota than to Maeda. A bit creative, I think. Maeda's yeah. got the work rate and he gets mm. himself into good positions. We know a bad I can get himself into great positions, but if we were starting a game where Jota wasn't available and you've got a bad and Maeda with Forrest on the bench, I'm like, right, they can all score goals or do something, but I'm looking for that wee bit of magic that Jota has. And of course, we're not going to get him again, but just somebody who can beat a man and take him on because none of the players really have that. And Forrest, we wee cameo again yesterday, mm. didn't get much time, but didn't it was really all right, get into actually. the game. Uh, yeah. it, 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 it was all right. Um, and on that, we shall end this podcast. It was actually brought to you by our friends at Football Prizes, footballprizes.co.uk. Uh, they do Celtic-based raffles for memorabilia and signed merch and framed shirts and lots of good stuff. I don't actually know how they manage to get half of the stuff they come up with. Some, it's, it's, some of it's absolutely cracking. Um, and every single week there's a prize. Every single week someone wins and you can use the code TIMS to get 10% off your tickets. Thanks for watching and listening. 